Welcome back to the Flowchalk Podcast. Happy Thursday, everyone. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, who I just found out. You know, he told me last weekend he was at this wedding in Flagstaff. Little did I know you, you did some content. You hopped onto Twitter Spaces and started chatting with one of the fastest men in the world. Is that correct, Gordon? Yeah. Yeah, I was in my hotel in Flag and uh, on looking on Twitter. And Twitter has this thing called Twitter Spaces where you can go live on Twitter with your voice and you can invite people to talk to and people can listen to the conversation. Kind of like a your own mini your own mini radio station or podcast live station. And Trayvon right. Bromel went live and I would just wanted to listen. So I clicked on it to listen. And then two seconds in, Bromel's like, oh wait, 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 wait. We gotta we gotta get Gordon in on this. He's on my show now. And he started interviewing <laughs> me for his spaces show. But we had a fun conversation, talked about uh talked about Marvin Bracey and him and what could have been if Marvin wasn't injured in that U.S. trials? We talked about mm-hmm. – I asked uh, Bromel what's his farthest run he's ever run, and he said it was two miles. He ran a seven-minute mile for two miles, 14 minutes in Baylor, and, and that was it. That was uh, the longest he's ever gone, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then um, I asked him what he's – is he – if, you know, with Fred and Michael Norman yeah. and all these guys – these quarter milers coming out into his event is he can try to invade the 400. And he said, maybe not legitimately, but at least a little <laughs> bit, AKA he's going to do some four by fours, but he okay. assured us that he's going to make sure he runs a four by four at a meet that no one is watching. Cause he doesn't want to, to have to deal with the people's reaction to his four by four split. That's no fun. Why would you do that? You got you to gotta know when the cameras are on or the lights are brightest. I want to see it. I know. I mean, he basically said he wants to be able to run 45 seconds. So he's not okay. trying to run no 44, 43s or anything like that. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Well, mention it yesterday and the day before. I'll mention it again. We got the London Marathon live watch party coming up on October 3rd, Sunday, 2.30 a.m. Central Time on this same youtube channel so if you're watching on youtube you set a reminder for yourself if you're not watching on youtube you can set like a reminder in your in your calendar app or something it's gonna be me it's gonna be Kathleen dennehy chatting all the london marathon subplots and storylines as it develops gordon is so interested he's he's not going to be available to do it but he's going to wake up um to watch it in person um to witness the spectacle that is the london marathon yeah, I'm unfortunately not going to be able to make it. I'm at a wedding. <laughs> so the wedding all, is Saturday night. So, may, so maybe I'll just be on a high from the festivities that I'll just want to stay up through the night and come into the show and talk about mm-hmm. running. You know, maybe maybe I'll do that. But I also might be passed out. So it's one of the And it's other. wedding season for you. It's wedding season for you. Yeah. I guess you're of that age. You're of that age where everybody gets married. I had a couple of years like that where it was three or four weddings. And before you know it, zero. So enjoy them, Gordon. <laughs> enjoy them. Well, don't they – they change to baby showers, right? That's what happens? They become baby yep. showers? But yep, and then you get past that, and it's zero. And then you just sit and around then, looking at your own family. And then it's high school graduations, right? Oof. oof. 
Yeah, but those are all graduation one, parties. One time, one time period though, not spread out throughout the year. I remember, yeah, it wasn't too long ago. You have you know, four weddings in a, in a summer, and they're all over the country. You had to be real strategic about how you planned it out. Baby showers are a little different because unless it's a close family, you're not really traveling for them, or, yeah. or, or or a very very good friend. So it's mostly local. But the weddings, figuring all that stuff, it's a fun time. Fun time in your life, Mister Mac. I hope you enjoy these weddings. I'll hold down yeah. the fort on YouTube in a dark room by myself. Yeah, this these these uh three weekends are kind of jam packed. Cause last weekend was in Flagstaff for a wedding. This weekend be in Rochester for a wedding, and then the weekend after that is the Boston Marathon, and JoJo's running it. So I'll be uh, mm. I I also am gonna try to I'll be like doing half flow track duty, half being a fan of JoJo duty. So that's gonna try to do both. I'll be like really? following like the men's race and then also being keeping track of what JoJo's doing. Like, oh, it's just 240 pace. Yeah, you know, whatever. I'm going to have two hats, be Listen. two hats in Boston. Well, and you, you, the way this combines into one, JoJo needs the podium. Yeah. It would make your life a lot easier if that happened. It would, yeah. Because then, then you could just, you could have, you'd have the content ready. You just interview her. Yeah, and I could just really show up to the mix zone and she'll already be there. So I don't have to worry about like doing both. Yeah. So yeah, yeah if she can just run a, well, like a 225, 224. I don't know. Hey. 220, what, what, what's it going to take the podium in Boston? I don't know. Yeah, it depends on the weather. But listen, listen, if there's any marathon that has a history of people with non traditional running backgrounds getting on the podium, it's Boston. And the last time that happened, in the rainstorm, I was in Boston covering the race with you know who? Johanna Gretzel. Chris Chavez. No, yes, Johanna. Johanna was there. Uh, and maybe she's going to capture some of that magic. There was all these people, right? So you had, you had Des win, and then afterwards it was like Sarah Sellers, who's a nurse, and then this other person who's like a teacher. This was a grad professor. All these, you know, ordinary jobs, you know, your average, average folks who were were just having, you know, fell into this incredible predicament where they were at the top of a major marathon. It could be, it could be her. She just needs basically once in a, every 20 years storm to come through and it can't impact her negatively. And she's got to basically yeah. run a PR. So it's easy. It's easy. Well, like, um, I, we're looking into like kind of planning around for it. And apparently they're doing the start differently this year. Now, obviously, a lot okay. of the fans, the start's normal because the elites are going to start in the elite field and they're going to go. But they're doing like a rolling start where you just get on a shuttle, you get off, you get off the shuttle, and then they encourage you to start your race within you know ten to twenty minutes from getting off the shuttle. So you get to decide when you want to start the Boston Marathon. There's not like right. a gun and like, all right, we're going, we're slowly going. It's like. So you could you could jump off the bus and start right away, or you can like take forty minutes oh. to go f start your run. Like it's because it's going to constantly keep in waves of people, and then you just yeah start on your own. So there'll be no uh, um, reaction time because everyone's basically going to go on their own oh. accord. Yeah, everything's going to be reaction chip time. time matters. Chip time. In, yeah, but not that reaction time matters in a marathon because that would be kind of crazy. That 0 0.01 seconds was mattered. All right, so we're in the off-season of track. We're in the middle of the marathon season, but off-season and track. 
there's been some rumors popping up here. Want to touch base on them? Most of them circulating around fastest woman right now in in the world, second fastest woman in history, Elaine Thompson. Hurrah! There was this reporting that she was going to leave her coach, Stephen Francis. Also been mentioned that she was going to leave her sponsor, Andre Lowe. If you go into his his Twitter feed, uh, journalist from Jamaica has has a chronology basically of how how this story evolved here and and i'll just read a couple of his his tweets the first one says doubts over the future of elaine thompson hurrah at the mvp track club and then a quote from her coach Stephen francis i would not be surprised if she's not here i don't know if she's going to be here as they move along many other things become important apart from their training so that was on september 23rd and later that day uh, low mentions that hurrah's husband darren hurrah would be the one to take over coaching duties and he's currently a coach at St. Jago High School. Um, then she denied it that same day, says they were just rumors. And she gave a quote saying, you know what the news media is like. I'm the fastest woman alive. So they're going to try to create some form of news to try and distract the world. It's rumors, of course. I've seen articles in the media saying that I have died. It's always rumors. They always target me. I don't know why, she said. Which I'd forgotten about that. Do you remember the story? I think it was last year or two years ago. When there was the fake, like Elaine Thompson Hurrah had passed away. Uh, yeah, story. that was her. I yeah, that was very, very, very strange. Like couple hours. Um, this obviously is about something far less serious about her, her changing, uh, changing coaches. So, and then this, and then it has evolved now too because there's a second part of the story where Francis is reportedly considering coaching a top international female sprinter. So we'll get to that second to talk about who that might be and, and what that would mean. But what do you think just about this story here? Obviously, there's been some reporting, um, but Thompson Ross discounting it as as rumors. Do you, do you think she would consider leaving uh, her coach? Well, yeah. I mean, anyone, no one is forever tied to one coach or another. Um, coaching changes happen all the time. And it's not always a negative reason too. Some people just, hey, they want a different environment. It's the the coach athlete um, environment kind of needs to always be adapting with changes of what's important. Like when you're younger, you're able to be more focused on the training and like the environment, and like it's like you're leaning all in, like it's a full time, lifelong job. But as you get older, and if you achieve more. You know, other things become more important to you, like family, uh, your your relationships with other with your significant other, and you recognize, hey, maybe I don't need to put one hundred and ten percent of my time away from my family. Maybe I can find ways to be closer to family and all that, and like my my lifestyle routine, and not have to go be separate. So you know, this makes sense. A lot of times, athletes like being coached by significant others because then you know it's more time together it's not uh you're not just away you're not separate because it's hard to be an elite athlete you gotta put a lot of time on the track a lot of time yeah. just focusing on a sport and if you're able to overlap that with yeah your significant other it's like kind of the best of both worlds and you're more willing to do it because you've established you know a decade of a routine where you're less likely to kind of fall off the wayside because you kind of already established the habits that your original coach built up. So you kind of could just take that foundation 
and run with it. You know, you look at someone well, like, oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish point. Well, it's like you look at other athletes. Like I was thinking like, like Galen Rupp, right? He was already, he's been, been coached by Alberto for like his entire life. And then Mike Smith, it's taken over. But like, if we're going to be honest, the amount of like one-on-one at, uh, of Mike Smith and Galen Rupp probably isn't as extreme as it would have been if Galen was like a 22-year-old, right? Correct. Once, you, once you've kind of established most of your career, a lot of the coaching becomes more, more minute details and not really like extreme like hey have you heard about a fart lick this is what you're gonna do you know you're yeah you're gonna it's more about you know having that being like a a mental coach right kind of getting them ready for races and kind of talking them through when they go through bad workouts as opposed to day in and day now grinding sweating and like screaming in their face one more rep all that stuff right you kind of hey coach man i don't I, i got it i know how to push myself in workouts yeah, you have the system down at a certain point and you just need to tinker with it. But the other component here, right, is the sponsorship piece of it. Because if she leaves from Nike to Puma, just as is the case, sometimes you want to stay with your coach, right? But if your coach or the group is sponsored by one brand and you want to take a deal with another brand, then you have to go, right? That That deal is just not possible. Now, we see sometimes there's groups that have a variety of, of different sponsors. Sometimes a coach is sponsored, but they are able to coach athletes of, of different brands. But, you know, Francis is, is, is named basically as a, as a Nike coach, right? Um, so if she were to go to Puma or any other brand, that would make it possible for this to work. But it would be and interesting. That's what... I don't know what the negotiations are like because we never know what the negotiations are like. but. I feel like Elaine Thompson hurrah after running 1054 is worth a lot of money and that you would want to keep her because she could break the world record next year. That seems like something you'd want to, to keep. That, that's value. Yeah. And, and I think that's why there's kind of like denials in the, in like, and denials and non-denials, because I think that's what they're in a situation. Like, I think there's a negotiation going on. Between if I do leave, I need to have a plan for if I leave Nike. And that plan would be to, you know, shake Francis's hand, like, thanks for everything you've done. But, you know, it's a business. You're a great coach, but obviously I'm not allowed to do this. So we'll be friends for life, but I'm just going to go get coached by yeah. my husband and um, yeah. and collect the bag from Puma. And that's, that's why I think the bigger story is, like, how much is Nike willing to go and how also how far is Puma willing to go? You maybe you, you assume Puma's like, hey, maybe we uh, maybe the I'm not sure how much they're still paying Usain Bolt, but now they're like really yeah ready to yeah. take all the prime Bolt money that they would have that they haven't been using yet and go all in on Elaine Thompson. I don't know, uh, but it's definitely a good bet because even though Elaine, she's what 29 or 30 yet. 28, 29, 30? I think she's, I don't think she's 30 yet. She is 29. Good call. So she's 29. She has like another good four years left, I think. Like of like being what she was this year. I think we're going to have this, maybe one of the years is an off year because, you know, injury or whatever. But I think she's going to, like, she's in such a different world than like Shelly Ann, yeah. right? Because Shelly Ann yeah. obviously 
while she's good, you, she's fighting up against Father Time, right? But Elaine, man, she is going to be every time she's on the track in her peak condition in like a hot summer day in a good environment. People are going to be thinking, "Uh oh, world record time." Yeah, yeah. And, and what's the one that, thing that's going to get people's attention? The one thing yeah. that's going to get everybody's attention is a world record. And it's like, how much does Nike want? I mean, how much, how important is it for Nike to be able to have a ad campaign with Elaine Thompson saying, we, we, uh, we represent the fastest woman in the world of all time. How, I think like, that is important, isn't it? I think it is. I'm not, I'm not just looking at this from with, with track fan tinted glasses here, but I think that's important. I mean, they want the people in the pinnacle of their sport to be wearing their clothes, wearing their gear yeah. when, when they do these otherworldly feats. That's the whole, that's the whole ball game. That's why you invest in all the other people, right? With the one chance you buy the lottery ticket. So that way, when someone does something spectacular, they're wearing your gear. Let me ask you this though. This, this discussion got me thinking, who is the most valuable athlete in track and field right now? Or if you were to put together a top five, right? And value can be defined a bunch of different ways, but I'm just saying, if you were in charge of marketing, sport, high performance, whatever, at, at a brand, or you started your own brand and you had an unlimited what budget. Brand? Yes. You had an unlimited budget. They, they saw your Twitter spaces with Trayvon Bromel and they're like, we want to give that guy a lot of money. And, and your whole goal, your whole goal is just to, you know, spread awareness of, of your company, right? So is that gold medals? Is that social media filing? I'll let you define that. Like who would your, and you could get anybody, who would your first three signees be? So they're all free agents and I can get anybody. You can get anybody. Okay. I would want my first signee, I believe would be Elaine Thompson, because I know there's going to be immediate return in the next few years. And mm -hmm. like, well, so Elaine Thompson, my next athlete, can we get five? Can we go to five? I need five. Sure. Give me your five. Okay. Give me your five. Next athlete would five be Kip Kipchoge. Kipchoge. I'll get Ilya Kipchoge because I feel like he's going to have like a good, like career end to his legacy. So he'll be in the media a lot to talk about like his history of what he's done in the sport. And so there'll be a lot of press around Iliad. Even if he's not running 159, his retirement series is just going to be a lot of media pressure, a lot of media yeah. attention. So brand Gordon Mack, we got Elaine Thompson, hurrah. We got Iliad Kipchoge. My third athlete, ooh, I think I'm an American-based company. Yes, in this hypothetical, you are. Yeah. I think I would go with... Ooh. I have to, like... It's going to be a tie between either... Well, you get five. You get five. So you get no, yeah, one. but I, I'm, 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 I don't want to use both. I, 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 okay. I, it's either going to be Nico Young or Cole Hawker. Because this, wow. this would be my wow. investment to get, like, ahead of it. But you're probably I'll probably way up there. You're jumping over a I lot. I definitely would lean of more toward. There. 
I would lean more towards Cole Hawker because he's already started to prove it. Nico okay. would be like the one that like the stash, you know, you stash, you know, draft and stash. That's what he would be. Okay. So maybe he's my, hey, got you NIL deal. I don't have to use up too much money on you, and then I'll give you the real deal in three years. Because I think Nico yeah. has a chance to be like the guy. But we're not talking about that. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about who you signed. Yeah, but right now, but right now your, when you start a plan. business, you don't have business. I need, budget, I need the right nows. But you can get him as like your ninth pick. With that, he does not okay. involve unlimited budget. No disrespect to okay. him. He's not an unlimited budget guy. I'm saying unlimited true, true, budget. True, true, true. You get five people. You want Hawker? That's fine. That's fine. You can. I want Hawker. I want Hawker because he's going to be the face of uh, distance running in the U.S. So I want Hawker. So okay, Elaine Thompson, Ilip Kachoge. Hawker. Then you're putting me on the spot here. I probably want Sydney. Okay. I want Sydney McLaughlin because I she's gonna continue to be good and dominate and break world records and be always on the four by four and you know. Yeah. She still has yet to enter her prime. And then my fifth one. Who did he? Gordon, really testing the limits of an audio podcast here with all these dramatic. People know I'm listening. You're filling time. Um, you want me to read some from the chat? I got some from the chat. I can yeah, read who, to you. Yeah, yeah, read some of the chat. And I'll say yes or no. How about that? Uh, uh, Shakari. Fifth spot. Shakari, no. A thing, Mo. I don't need Shakari and Elaine Thompson. I just need one. A thing, Mo. I would say no. Not that I don't think she's uh, going to be an all-time great. I just think that – I'm trying to think – okay, we're, we're thinking brand. Like, I just feel like people aren't going to, like, identify I mean, with I the would 800. Do well. I'm sure they are. But I, I just that's feel it. like the 800 – like, how much of a star was David Rudisha? I feel like David Rudisha was the peak of stardom in the 800. But – but this is More if this is an American ba- if this is an American based company though I think I think a thing Mo matters I know that people pay more for milers but I never understand it as it's like nope no one in America is really ever going to get behind someone who runs the eight hundred it's kind of weird to me that we think about that I think she's a superstar she has star qualities I, I would go uh, she's hundred percent a superstar and she's going to break I think she'll break the world record but I'm thinking like the person who lives in Montana. Are they going to be invested in the 800 the way they were to be invested in a hundred or like a marathon or like, no, 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 no. You're asking the wrong question. The question is, are they going to be invested in an 800, 400? And the answer to that is yes, because everybody's going to be invested when she starts being able to do the double in a couple of years. So I think Mo would be on my top five. Oh, uh, we got a couple here. I'll throw out some other ones from the, from the chat here. Ryan says, Shrika Jackson, Elaine Thompson, a thing, Mo, Fred Curley, Sydney McLaughlin. Um, someone mentioned Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Ingebrigtsen be interesting. I thought about Jakob. Right. If it was global. American. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously the, the mile, I just talked about how the mile has cachet. So you'd want you want Jakob in there. But I don't know how much pull in the United States. I'd go Thompson, hurrah. I think it's a great pick. I'd go Kipchoge. I'd go Sydney. I would go uh, a thing Mo. And then my fifth spot. Oh, I, have I might fifth. even. Okay, who's your fifth? Tara Davis. Tara Davis for your number five. All right. 
Yeah. She's on those. I think she'll uh, start winning. What are those ads? And she'll be doing. That you see all the time with Michael Phelps. Yeah. Nordic the, track or something like that. Nordic track. Yeah. 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 I'll okay. do Tara Davis. I'll be my fifth because I think she will do a good job at being relevant in the like Tara and yeah, that's what I think. So. Yeah. Uh, someone says Warholm. Warholm would be a good, a good pick. Again, I just don't know internationally. I mean, it's interesting. Men's hundred. Like you, you think you'd want to lock somebody down in the men's hundred, but you just don't know who that person that would be. Is, so that yeah, that, that'd be tough. So risk. I might, I might be inclined to go Shakari again and just have two, two women's one hundred meter runners, have a Thingmo, Sydney, and then and then Kipchoge there as well. I think Warholm, man, if I was a Norwegian based company, no brainer. First two picks, Warholm, Ingebrigtsen, Ingebrigtsen, Warholm. I don't care what order. That's where I'm going, but it makes it, but it makes it tough. Um, so there we go. I, th- I thought about Mondo, but, or Krauser, but it's like, it's tough. they kind of already, they've already done it. So it's like, how do they get how do they go like what do they have left to do to impress? I mean, winning the championships, but like you yeah. know, there fifty people win a championship every year every other year, right? Because there's all these events. So Yeah. I don't know. Kurt, Kurt says Noah Lyles as well. And again, it's it's just tough within the that men's sprints because there's so many so many people there right around the same neighborhood with similar accolades and achievements so it's real tough it's real tough to say okay well this would be in my top five I and mean, obviously you'd want to if you're starting a company you'd want to have a men's sprinter in there it's just like well which one which one that's you the problem pick? yeah which one because you know whoever you pick you're gonna be like oh, i should pick the other guy <laughs> you're like oh dang it exactly and it's like gambling uh, oh of course take the under and it's the over take the over it's the under you know what are you doing uh, in the chat, Trayvon Bromel says, marketable on and off the track. I like Gordon's lineup. So I hope that actually is Trayvon complimenting your lineup, Gordon. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. That's what he's trying to think. So, yeah. Yeah. Iliad, because he's going to get the retirement ceremony. Uh, well, Elaine marathons Thompson are big. Because she's going to break the world record. And marathons are big, right? They're very yeah, yeah. marketable. Elaine Thompson Roth, she's going to be the face of Sprint. Like, more people are going to be talking about her than coleman or or fred curly like because she's just in this this perfect situation yeah. of i'm breaking a world record again now that could change a year from now and all of a sudden this group of five or six guys just for some reason catch fire and have an incredible yeah, 2022 yeah. and then 2023 i'm like i need all of them you know so yeah. uh so yeah Elaine well, thompson iliad sydney cole hawker is my American distance guy to get all those high school kids excited about track and field. And then um Tara Davis. Davis. So yeah, you got you got a mix there of like different event disciplines as well too. You're you're covering a lot of bases. I like see with Kipchoge, there's such a huge value over replacement with him because the next best marathoner is just it's a mystery. It's almost it's almost as like similar to how that men's hundred is right now. There's a lot of good people, but nobody's stepping up. But there is Kipchoge who's standing tall above all the others. And I would want to have a marathoner in the same way I would want to have a 
hundred meter runner if I could, if I was starting this company. So, yeah. Uh, do you think, uh, full story here, do you think Elaine thompson Ra? do you think the story's true? Do you think she is eventually going to leave? And do you think she's going to end up leaving Nike as well? What do you put I the think, odds I think at? It, well, I, I think if she leaves Nike, she leaves the group. I think that's that's the story here, though, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't... You have that much success with one person. You just came off the best year of your career. I think the only reason you go is because there's a financial incentive for you to go. So, and so, but these things are intertwined and that's just the the reality of, of track and field right now. The other part of the story, which Andre Lowe reported, I'll read, I'll go back to his Twitter account again here. Uh, Nike sponsored coach Stephen Francis is considering a request by the US based company to coach a quote, top international female sprinter. And he says, with Elaine Thompson Rod declaring to uh, MVP her attention to leave, that's assuming that she's leaving. Uh, he says, Francis might meet Nike's request this time around. So basically, if she goes, they're going to fill the slot. They want to they slot somebody in there as an international sprinter. Now, inter- this is uh, from the Jamaican's perspective, right? So that's anybody but a Jamaican. Uh, He went on to say that the person is, quote, very popular and, quote, not European. So, sprinter, (laughs) very popular, uh, not European, and non-Jamaican, and a female. It could be African, Canadian, Australian, or American, or Mexican. So, I don't think there's any very popular Canadian sprinters there's no very popular mexican sprinters australia female sprinters nope i don't think anybody would define them as very very popular right very popular is the term yeah they're very popular so in africa i mean one of them is banned so she's not going to be doing it and then you just got to go to america and then who's the very popular american sprinter and it is someone named shikari richardson how wild would it be if Shakari does do this and starts training in Jamaica in like enemy territory? Be wild. Being coached by the former coach of the world for, second fastest woman. It'll be so many storylines, so much content. I would want a reality TV show. That's what I would want following this whole it thing. Would be... Just, I want a camera on Elaine with and a camera on Shakari, and they're just talking shit. It'll be great. It would be surreal, but pretty much everything about Shakari's last couple of years has been surreal. And from that perspective, you'd, you'd say, okay, well, it seems completely unrealistic, but, but a lot of things have, haven't gone to script. Reminds me of uh, Merritt and Warner back in the day with the, with the coaching, coaching change there too. I also started thinking about who could switch coaches where it would really matter because a lot of coaches coach people from a whole bunch of different countries and there's rivalries i'm sure but they kind of break down when it's like hey this is my friend like i I train with with this person but with richardson in jamaica right now the us and jamaica and the sprints there's a clear rivalry so if you had to make a list Again, I'm asking you to make a list, Gordon, of like people who could change coaches where it would really matter. I think this is like the only one in track and field. This is like the only one because if she went here, she'd be going to Jamaica. 
the, the big rival, right? I don't think even like a Kenyan going to an Ethiopian uh, distance coach or Ethiopian going to Kenya, it's like not, it's not the same thing as, as what would happen here, the reaction here. I just thought of something. Let's imagine a world where this does happen. And let's imagine Shakari runs well and it's like starts winning. Will Jamaica then take credit for her success? <laughs> and will she all of a sudden be become like a, beloved figure a fan of Jamaica. both countries? Like, yeah. or like, yeah. is well, like this kind of, but now you have to think about it this way, you know, in any rivalry, you know, you kind of want to like be able to dunk on the team that you beat, right? This will will this be a way for Jamaica <laughs> if they were to lose to Shakari? Be like, well, whatever, yeah, uh, we let her win because we coached her, and now they have yeah. like they can be on both both sides of the winning formula. They can win if a Jamaican wins, and they can win if an American wins. So Jamaica kind of comes out on top because no matter what, they have a a talking point of like, yeah, you're welcome. We we coach yeah. her, or yeah, I told you so. We beat her, you know. Just both ways, they have a they have a yeah talking point. I just don't know the likelihood of this happening. It's not as if she's still in a in, in like a college training environment, right? She's with Dennis Mitchell with with an established pro group with Nike, and but when they use the words very popular. That fits, I mean, I guess if you're talking about very popular in the track sense, or you're talking about very popular like in sports sense, because it, it's only her if you're talking about very popular in, in sports sense, but in track, I guess it could be interpreted differently. Like someone mentioned, you know, you mentioned it could be someone from Africa, right? So like Marie Jose Talou, but to me, that's just not, that's not the same in terms of the level of, of popularity, but um, it could very well be someone that we're not even, we're not even. This also about. could just be. Bullshit, right? Negotiating ploy. It's just like not real, and that she has no intention. Yeah, just just made up rumors, you know. That could also just be something to talk about. Well, but he's (laughs) quoted in this story. No, but but I mean, he's he's quoted as saying he's considering coaching him. There's not saying who the person is. He says. This is in the in the Gleaner. I am a Nike coach, and Nike considers me to be their best performing coach, and they want as many Nike athletes as they can to get into my training situation. Love the confidence. All I can say is that Nike has the right to demand, maybe not demand, but advise or request that I coach people they want me to coach. Um, he talks about all of his successes. He says, I can tell you when the season starts who I am coaching. This is always the process, which is in play every year, but as long as I have Jamaican Nike people around, we usually stick with what we have. And the story says, however, with Thompson Rod looking for a way out of the club, a slot may might have opened up for one of Nike's other top names to join Francis's training program. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I would still say that the, the chances of this working out this way with Richardson are, are low. But it is <laughs> it's fun to entertain it just because of the history. Yeah, I'm sure the Philadelphia Sixers would be more than willing to coach entertain LeBron James. <laughs> Uh, if he, but he's if not saying he, her name. If he wants, if if he wants to come to Philly, but he's not. So like, it's a it's a made up scenario. Like, so it's like just be saying you, oh yeah, I would totally do it. Doesn't mean it's actually happening because you have the other side. Like, she has to be willing to want to go, and Nike has to be willing. You know, so I don't he's think not Nike's like he's just, he 
he's just saying he's just saying hypothetically he's he, yeah. well he's saying and there the hypo- is some, there is someone this stuff happens all the time but the problem is what's his definition of star versus our definition of star it's just a big it's a big mystery game you you were saying nike like would they want to move her basically i don't think nike is going to be like you must leave your country and go to jamaica like no like they're not going to do that yeah that's not how it works right. like Gordon just throws cold water it's, i mean they do yeah they do they do push for coaching changes though i mean that's that's been established right like that's but that's they would, but nike's like loves dennis mitchell too so why well, right. are they that's push... what i'm saying it's a it's a nike group that's what i'm saying that's why this yeah. doesn't really come together i'm saying if you had just a random coach or you're sticking with the person you're working with in college and then they're looking at you two years out of college you're like hey you need a more professional setup let's have you move on somewhere else that makes a lot more sense than someone who's already in that professional group taking them out of it i just think it's fun to talk about because there's not really another athlete in the sport that could change coaches and not really another coach in the sport that could create this much interest and and create that sort of storyline that you're talking about of like oh man right like this just this this just took a plot twist like this this story just keeps getting more and more interesting like the jamaicans were 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 criticizing her and and her biggest rivals and now she's being coached by jamaican whoa like what's gonna it just it just seems the narrative arc is just too compelling to turn away from We'll see what happens. I'm betting it doesn't happen. I don't think she would do it. I also think Shakira's gonna be like, "No, why am I doing that? No, I like where yeah, I agree. I I I Shakira's like I, the I, last person would be like, "Yes, Nike, whatever you say." <laughs> she clearly is not going following the orders of people around her by just doing, you know. So I think she's. Gonna, I, I listen. I think it's a long shot. I'm just, this is what, what uh, folks are talking about, especially when they use the, the terms um, that they used. Going back to our marketability conversation, uh, Rose brought up a good one. Rose Runner, uh, we forgot about Safana Hassan as potential top yeah. five. I think I might consider her because when she inevitably runs a marathon, she's going to get paid. <laughs> A lot of money to do that, right? Everybody wants yeah, to see what my... Safanasan would do in a marathon one day, and in the meantime, she's going to rack up. She's going to rack up anywhere between, you know, one to three medals every single time she's at a global championship. That's a good investment. Yeah, I like my five though. So if your those five a, athletes, yeah, if those five athletes are listening right now, hit me up. We can do right. it. Let's start a company. I will buy you out of your contracts, put a, a lien on my parents' house to get the money, and then, you know, we'll we'll go all in on the Gordon Mac brand. I'll start you making all a logo, a giant, giant house. Have your lives tape and say things get real. Or how, yeah. and stop getting. Oh, stop. Can all move down to Austin. Real. We can move all down to Austin. I have a spare bedroom, so I would have to. One of you can stay there, and then we'll figure out the other. One, someone can sleep in this office. I'll move my office. So, you know, we'll figure it out. It's gonna be good. Let's do it. What a math friend. There, there were some other. I'm gonna see if anybody else had one on the uh, the chat here. 
no, no, no other, no other people for the top five. I think we got a good group. I think you have like a good pool of fifteen people to to choose from. Um, other uh, contract changes. I don't know. Do we want to talk about anything else? Anybody changing groups? Yeah, I mean, nothing as big news as that. Yeah, well, you start with the headliner and then you keep going. This is the C segment or the D segment, whatever. Uh, Ella Donahue, um, she is joining Pete Julian's group. She had the ability to return for another year at Stanford, but looks like she mm -hmm. opted to stop going to school. Don't blame her. Collect the bag. Um, be training on a Pete Julian's Nike group, the the soon to be named Pete Julian group, right? Where they have that very myste mysterious Instagram video. <laughs> Yeah, the ads with alpacas and waves crashing yeah. on the ground and people running through forests and things like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while. They need a team name there. So, I mean, Hasey's been Hasey's in the group now, though. Like Ephraimson's in the group. It's taking on some some different members for sure. Donahue's interesting, though, because she got third NCAAs outdoors. But the last couple of years, it always felt like she was – in the mix maybe she's one of these people who is going to be who's just like so consistent that once she gets into that professional environment she's able to to make a jump because you think hey if you've there's two two options right you're either you've either plateaued or you're on the verge of a big breakthrough and maybe she's going to be on the verge of a big breakthrough once she gets in this sort of setting like jessica hull seems like a like a good person to to, to train with i mean hull had ncaa had an ncaa title but similar-ish, you could say, to Donahue when she was coming out of Oregon? The hall was a little bit, was definitely a bit, bit better, but I see what you're trying to do. I feel like Donahue kind of reminds me of uh, a fellow Stanford athlete, uh, Elise Cranny. Cranny was always kind of all in the that, mix. Now he's really winning much, you know. It's always like an All-American. And then she just had a big breakthrough. She's kind of stuck in like the 409 408, 410, 1500 meter range. Yeah. And then yeah, a year yeah. or two into working at Bowerman, she's become like one of their best athletes and can make multiple world teams. Uh, 40, you're right. Yeah. Hull was 406. Donnie was 409. A little bit different. And obviously the title as well, too. Uh, from the chat, rumor Ben Thomas starting a pro group once tier turns pro. Have you heard anything on that, Gordon? I've heard that rumor. I mean, people thought that was happening right away and that like Hawker and Tier would like be NIL pros and like they'll be half pro, yeah. half running Oregon cross country. And then it'll all just come together at the end of the cross country season. Um, clearly, that's not exactly what to do. But I do think that Ben Thomas now has been at Oregon for a few years now and has now developed a bunch of not just good NCAA athletes, but future you know, U.S. champion type athletes, yeah, notably Hawker and and Tier. So it makes sense for him to start kind of keeping them in in house, right? I mean, it's one of those weird things where distance running, like a lot of time, sometimes there's it's like it's like kind of cyclical. Like this time when there's a big push for all the top athletes go to OTC, yeah. NOP, Bowerman uh you know what where else wherever else and then there's that kind of cyclical it's like oh we're all just gonna stay with their college coach and kind of yeah, stay in and yeah. so i can see I think, kind of ben thomas filling the void that otc's kind of left 
right? Because OTC kind of doesn't have as many people yeah. anymore. And basically, 100%. it's going to be like the, the OTC 2.0. Yeah, it's like Oregon grad school, basically. That's how it yeah. used to function, where the best Oregon people, a lot of them would go to OTC and be able to stay where they're at and have a little bit of consistency. You know, they'd switch coaches, but they'd have some consistency in terms of just like where they live. I'm interested. Oregon is going to figure out how to like maximize this NIL hybrid model. If it, if it is going to happen in distance running or even in track, you can, I think it's going to happen in Oregon because they have the benefit of having these pro groups and this facility already there. Right. And then you also have a bunch of resources for the college team. So you have both parts of it in place already. It's just finding that middle ground to where you can create something that works um, as like a transitionary step between those, those, those two, those two phases of their career. Don't you think? I, I feel like they're going to come up with something. Um, it may not be this, like Ben Thomas might just have a pro group on the side and coach pros and then also coach college athletes, but they're going to have, they're going to have something. It's, it's Oregon. I would also wonder if like Oregon slowly would try to like figure out a way to move Prefontaine Classic to a weekend that kind of fits with the NCAA schedule. So therefore they can have their NIL athletes make, you know, be at the Prefontaine Classic and still not screw up their outdoor NCAA season schedule, you know, and find a way to maximize their exposure, right? What because that's get, one thing. What, Prefontaine's yeah. always the same weekend as like regionals or whatever. So it might be yeah. kind of a, another move. That's, I mean, I don't think that's likely, but I bet you that's something that's been discussed at the, at the very least. What, in terms of money though, what can they take from pre? Or are you talking about just exposure? Well, it's like an, a reason why, like, if you're going to pay these NIL, if you're going to create this NIL deal, you want to find ways to expose them in different ways. And then you're having your own home track meet that is seen by millions of people around the world. That's yeah, like a, yeah. a good way. It's more views than your social media tweet, whatever. So it's just, it's just another yeah. lever, lever they can pull and manipulate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think even if we were talking about the pre NIL days, there was going to be some movement here because there was going to be, there's just too many pros that, that Oregon is churning out for Thomas not to have, like, it just, it would make sense that people would want to be coached by him. I think the NIL just adds in another layer of complexity and confusion, but there's a way that they can channel that to their benefit as well too, which is what I think Oregon is going to be working on doing. Um, another question here. Uh, how do you feel about the future of Bowerman? They seem to be trending down while Pete's group is trending up. Well, we did just see the story about Merrill Hall leaving. And in that story, it said that Sinclair Johnson is leaving or has already left. I'm not sure the, the status of that, but then you add it up, you know, Grace, Quigley, there's obviously been some departures on the men's side of things. I don't know. What do you think of Bowerman was super big for a while there too. And we're like, Hey, they have everybody. They're going to qualify nine people in, in the women's events to the Olympics. Maybe, uh, 
some of this would actually be better, but it's hard to tell right now, I think. So let's look at this. Let's look at on the women's side. They have now Elise Cranny, Gabrielle DuBose Stafford, Vanessa Frazier, Emily Enfeld, Courtney Frerichs, Carisha Schweizer, and Shelby Ulan on the bench, right? You could argue that Schweizer, Frerichs, Cranny, the Bullish Stafford, and Frazier, like they're all either in contention to make a world team, favorites to make a world team, and or in contention to medal at Worlds, right? Like a Frerichs, she's in contention medal at Worlds. So like they have a strong six female athletes that are, none of them really develop, developmental at all. They're all like, we are in our prime and we can either make a world team, win, or, or even medal at Worlds, right? And then on the men's yeah. side, I mean, they have Mohamed, he's top dog. Amos Bartlesmeyer, he's probably more developmental, right? He's not really going to be into too many medal contending moments. Centro, that's kind of like legacy, right? He's kind of, it's going to get mad if I say this, but he's not, he's on the, he's on the back half of his career. Grant Fisher is still uh -huh. in his prime. Woody Kincaid's still in his prime. Chris Derrick, he's kind of done-ish, I guess. He hasn't really done much in the past few years. Jager, he's been hurt. But he can yeah. make a comeback. McGordy is strong. Lopez Lamong is good. Mark Scott's been running well. Josh Thompson, yeah. he's in the mix. And then Karrion Tuntavate. Did you mention Ahmed? Yeah, Did you mention uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys, twelve if you count Chris Derrick. So they have a big roster. So, yeah, there are people leaving, but I think yeah. this is kind of needed to happen. They got a little too fat, you know, not – there's just too much. They had, they went from a little bit to the too much, and now they're kind of recalibrating to, a, like, a more healthy load of uh, athletes, in my opinion. Yeah. And like, the question is like, just are those – are those at, like, how – you know, the quality of those athletes, though, right? Because if you, if you cut your roster down to five or six people – on each gender or seven or eight people on each gender it's like all right well you have fewer opportunities to miss right in terms of making teams i, I did see someone push it in chat and i just confirmed but sinclair johnson is going to join pete julian's group she's going to stay in portland and she's going to park in the same parking spot probably and then just run over to, yeah. to pete's group instead of jerry's group so i mean if you're just comparing the two there there's definitely a, a, a trend here but here's the thing they have just looking at the 2020 trials, Cranny and Schweizer yeah, were yeah. both made a team in the same event. Fisher and Kincaid both made the team in multiple events. And then Frerichs in the steeple and Jager should be still relevant, hopefully, in the steeple because yeah. he was hurt. Yeah. But like just from American base, having two people finish top three on both the men and the women's side in a marquee yeah, in distance five. event, whether it's a five or the ten, yeah, they're yeah. like still relevant. Like they're not like disappearing. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of sometimes you see it more when you look at like the women's fifteen and the men's fifteen, right? Because it was like yeah, you saw Central kind of like fall off, and you see the emergence of like a Yair Nagus and a Cole Hawker. Then on the women's yeah. side, you saw the two New Balance women, right? 
or three New Balance women, right? It was all New Balance. They went one, two, three. Yeah. Yep. You kind of feel like, oh, they're falling apart. But in reality, they're not. Like, I think anyone in their right mind would love to have the Bowerman Track Club roster. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. not saying, well, I'm, I, yes, I'm not, I'm not saying they're panicking. I'm just saying it's different than, than what it was because they had people 800 to marathon, right? That were medal contenders, multiple, mar and they're putting on the American side, I think, multiple people on, on teams on the on the women's side in particular and that's just it's it's gotten it's gotten difficult to sustain that but that makes sense you know you go through bumps along the way so pete's group will have i mean they already have they always seem a little bit more shorter distance focus just because so much of the attention's you know like on don brazier and i guess raven rogers on the women's side too and then how well, about i mean suguro sako i mean how do you marathoner Jenkins is longer I think the, stuff, right? Hase is longer stuff. So I, they're kind of spreading out in a way. It's interesting. 800 to marathon. What I want to know is eventually a thing, Mo, isn't going to be coached by Texas a and Like that's going to happen eventually. Mm. Where does yeah. she go? She's going to be like the, the Gordon big... Mac track club. Remember? You, didn't you yeah. pick her? I didn't pick her. Well, I, I'll, she'll be on my track club. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to. She's not gonna be on my brand because I only got five slots and I just didn't give her one of the five slots. Yeah, I'll yeah, give yeah. her the sixth slot, but you know, I only get five. Uh, do you think she will? Do we you think? Uh, where do you think I think Mo will go? You don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. She, why would she ever leave? If she keeps doing this, why would she ever leave? Is it? There's no I mean, reason. Donovan to think Brazier that left. Thing... Well, but Donovan Brazier wasn't. You keep doing this. A thing, Mo Donovan Brazier comparison. It's just insane. She won a gold medal after her freshman year. It's not the same thing. Uh, hold on. I, I want to get to these other questions though. Uh, okay. As much as I want to speculate about what a thing Mo is going to do in five years. I mean, if she keeps improving, I don't think she's going to leave. Uh, Kurt news. Kurt asks any news on Dark Sky. I guess we're just doing inventory on every group here. Dark Sky, Gordon. Um, and then he asked about Puma as well too with the North Carolina group. Dark Sky, they're having a little bit of, obviously we know some of the their key athletes have switched sponsors, notably Rachel Schneider, right? She's now with Hoka. Um, yeah. I think Emily Durgan left. Um, and their coach, Shayla Houlihan, um, is now, well, their assistant coach, Shayla, is now coaching at a California school, I think UC Santa Barbara. Um, yep, Santa Barbara. I think what they're planning on doing is I think they're doing a rebrand, not a rebrand, it's still... They're just kind of, I think the, the chaos of the trials happened with the whole Under Armour shoes where they weren't able to get, Under Armour's basically spikes were not ready for the craziness of this the super shoe that all the other brands were ready for. And I believe Under Armour has a shoe now that will be the same standard as the rest of the field in 2022. Yeah. So. They're still going to have Wendy Kalati, Sharon Lucchetti, Bia Simbasa is there. Um, Pat Casey, who's retired, will probably, is going to take on a like a coaching role. So mm. they're going to they're going to just rebrand and they'll be back in 2022. And then Puma, they got um, Dressel, they got Blaze Farrow. Uh, I'm not sure if they're being sponsored by them, but they're joining that group. Blaze Farrow. Mm uh patrick deaver from tulsa and um john dressel so they're going out to north carolina oh. training those that that crew there you go there's the updates 
from Gordon. Wow, a little inside info there. If you stayed to the end of the pod, that was good. Good stuff. Um, that's it for today's episode, though. We're going to end it there. Uh, London Marathon, last plug for the live show. Sunday, October 3rd, 2.30 a.m. Central Time. Come join me at 2.30 a.m. Put questions in the chat. Keep me awake. If I log on and, you know, there's not anybody watching, this would be really dispiriting. Please log on. Uh, thanks to Colt for producing. Thank you to my co-host, Gordon Mack. We're going to be back Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week. It's all going to be live on YouTube. Normal show, normal schedule. It's going to be great. Tune in next week and watch the London Marathon. Later, guys.